Alright, we ready? We ready. I'm not, I'm not ready. Let me get my phone. You son of a bitch. I know. Where'd it go? Why do you need your phone? Because I have my notes. How am I going to whip your ass without notes? <laughs> well, that was really aggressive. Whoop your ass without notes. Can you call my phone? Right? <laughs> call my phone? <laughs> it's right under you. You literally were <laughs> sitting on it. <laughs> Welcome to The Bracket. A podcast where we take our favorite films and have them battle it out to see which one will reign supreme. Each episode, we have two films battle it out. We banter, we bicker, we battle. We are your hosts, Rich and Francisco, and our tiebreaker, the producer who must not be named. 64 movies, only one winner. On today's episode, we have Spider-Man 2 versus Spider-Man Homecoming. Alright, and I'm on the wrong page. <laughs> In the blue corner. Uh, let's try that again. I usually have the time of how long the movie is, and I don't have it on this one. Want me to look it up real quick? No, I got it. I'll just ignore that part for today. Two hours and 15 minutes for Spider-Man 2. I know it's killing you. And two hours and 13 minutes for Homecoming. Two hours and 15, two hours and 13. Wow, now I have something else to fight about. <laughs> In the blue corner. Coming in uh, in 2014, star Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, and Alfred Molina. Why don't I know the fucking director? Oh my god. Take three. 2014? Son of a bitch. You said 2014. Yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> I was like, that movie, Homecoming did not come out four years ago. I'm talking about Spider-Man 2 anyway. Yeah, Spider-Man 2 was the underdog. 14? No, it's not right, but it was talking about 2004. Okay. That's why I did it. That's why. Okay. In the blue corner, coming out in 2014 from director Sam Raimi. It said 14 again. Did it really? Yes. 2004. If I. 2004. <laughs> Give me line. <laughs> what is line? I'll do it live. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. In the blue corner. No, no, wait, 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 you need, you need. In the blue corner, released in 2004 from director Sam Raimi, actors Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, and Alfred Molina star in this two-hour and 15-minute classic, Spider-Man 2. Forgot to put the IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes on there. Take five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, son of a bitch. You should add all these, like, to like the bloopers. No. This is the worst opening ever. <laughs> by far. Yeah, that's why they're called bloopers. Bloop 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 bloop. No, that's part of it. <laughs> okay. Take six. Final take. In the Blue Corner, being released in 2004 from director Sam Raimi. Stars Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, and Alfred Molina. With a score of 7.3 on IMDb and 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. From the guy who brought you Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I didn't realize how bad that was going to sound until I said it. I like it. In the Red Corner. Being released in 2017 from director John Watts, writers John Goldstein and John Francis Daly, starring Tom Holland, Michael Keaton, and Robert Downey Jr., we have Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. It matters. It does matter. Sorry, bro. You're good, you're good. Alright, let's go. The worst opening ever. <laughs> so, we got Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire... Coming back to reprise his role as old-ass Peter Parker. Beginning of the movie is him thinking about MJ and, and where she's been all this time. Not being able to be with her. Filled with regret and sorrow and all that Tobey Maguire nonsense. Mm -hmm. He uh, goes through a weird transition in the first act. Where he starts off as happy Spider-Man. Doing his Spider-Man deal. And then he gets fired from the pizza job. And from that point on, his story goes completely dark. And he goes to emo Spider-Man. And I always thought Spider-Man was only emo in, in Spider-Man 3. Spider 3, but he's super emo in the first half of this movie. You know what? I actually did not mind the way they, they reflected the point of view of Peter Parker mm -hmm. and the point of view of, of Spider-Man. Um, and that's something that, uh, that I 
that I really enjoyed seeing seeing what Peter Par Peter Parker has to go through to be Spider Man. Right. Maybe he's not making the the the, the best decisions since you know he, he doesn't have to be late for work. He's Spider Man. He can swing through buildings. He can do stuff like that. But you still see that he's busy trying to trying to fulfill what what his uncle Ben told him. Right. And it's really interfering with him growing and trying to be somebody, you know, that's just a new, normal human right. being. Because that's, that's a, at the end of the day, he's still, you know, a human. Um, he's a Spider-Man. But I, I, I really liked every little story that they had in the movie, because there's so many. You have Peter Parker and Spider-Man. You have Peter Parker losing his job, uh, not getting the girl that he wants. Um... Not being able to talk to Aunt May about what really happened. Right. And then you got Spider-Man and, um, you know, he's losing his powers. He's under stress. Mm -hmm. He has all this going on. And everything is stitched so, so perfectly to go with the movie, mm -hmm. in, in my, my perspective, that I, I really want to give him credit for... Because there were so many little conflicts in Who there. Who are you giving credit to? The director or the actor? The whole... Uh, the whole cast. Every, every Everyone... The movie's just very, very well done, mm -hmm. and and I and I and I really enjoy, really enjoy that. Yeah, I think uh, Tobey Maguire does uh, his best work in any of these movies. Um, when I when I thought about rewatching Spider-Man Two, all I can remember is him falling from the building and failing at being Spider-Man. I don't remember mm -hmm. any of the good character building that they did with Alfred Molina as Doctor Octopus. Um, I forgot how good J.K. Simmons is as. Uh, Jameson in this universe, he's the best Jonah Jameson of all time. I don't care who they get to replace him in mm -hmm. the newer series, he is amazing in that role. Um, I'd also say that they got the best um, Aunt May in any yes, of the movies. she is my favorite Aunt May from every single movie. And what's weird is I totally slept on her in this movie too. Like, did not really? think about her at all until I started watching it again. She has that moment where she tells Peter, everybody needs a hero. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs someone to look up to. Like, that line kills... And then I think about like what big lines that Marissa Tomei had or that uh, Sally Fields had in the newer movies, and you're like, they both had little moments, but they were never they never got to you like that. Yeah. Sally Fields does a little bit in Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man One, but for the most part, Rosemary Dawson, I think is her name. Yes, that's that's her name. She kills it as as Aunt May. She, like one of the biggest takeaways I had was was her acting in that movie. I actually, and I have it written down somewhere. I wasn't a big fan of. Uh, Kristen as Mary Jane, yeah. In, in the beginning of the movie, but she started growing on me. Really? At, at, yeah, I was like, she's a horrible Mary Jane, and then you start seeing um, like that she also has her little conflicts, and that she's trying to make, you know, she's trying to make it big on. Yeah, but and, I, and I, just, I feel bad for any girl in that role because you're purely playing damsel in distress every single movie. So when like Natalie Portman and Thor says she doesn't want to come back to reprise the role. Mm -hmm. because like, she's a serious actor. She's trying to do serious right. actor things. Kirsten Dunst, by the, by the third movie, was so, like, selling out for the role. Like, she yeah. wasn't putting any effort in. She was literally just crying the whole movie. And I didn't like her in the first, and I didn't like her in the third. I, I did enjoy her in the, in the second half in the, of the movie, which tells me that they were doing something right with the character in that, uh, in that movie that they really lacked on the other two. Maybe. I think... Uh, I think their chemistry is more the problem with her and Tobey Maguire. Never do I feel like they have like that magic on screen that like Gwyneth Paltrow and Iron Man have. In uh, obviously Iron Man, like they disconnect. Like you see, like they actually like each other. Versus Kirsten Dunst and Tobey Maguire, they're they're constantly just like giving each other sad eyes, and you're mm -hmm. expected to like care about their their conflict. And I just never felt it for those two. Mm -hmm. um, as for the rest of the cast. Alfred Molina as Doctor Octopus. He fucking kills it. He he was super he good was in that so role. Good. And I don't know why I just don't give it any credit going back and looking at it before. But now that I see it again and seeing the whole mind control aspect mm -hmm. of the octopus arms, mm -hmm. like he does a super good job of playing it off without getting like super cartoonish because mm -hmm. it's really easy to make that that villain look dumb. And like he, the Rhino. In, he in had a too. like. He knew why he was doing what he was doing. He just didn't turn evil because that's what he wanted. Yeah, he he, he didn't calculate things the, the way it should. But he knew, was like, oh, I have this element and I can really go on and do something with it. From from there on, it, 
it, it really right. broke down. But. You kind of thought he was right, mm-hmm. but I think they play the mind control aspect of the arms really, really well. Because mm-hmm. they warn you, he's like, oh, I got this little light ball in my neck. It should keep me safe. Mm-hmm. And then once that thing is cooked, he doesn't immediately get mind controlled by them. Like, he still has control of his, of his brain and his function. Mm-hmm. But they just controlled the thoughts that he was having. And yeah. So when Toby McGuire takes him over later on in the movie and like sets him aside and says like, "This isn't who you are. Like you told me that being this intelligent was a responsibility." Mm-hmm. That kind of woke up his brain into thinking like, "No, I need to do what's right here." Mm-hmm. But it was never like a, a mad scientist takeover the way that right. it could have been. Yeah. Like, it would have been really silly. I just think it was, it was kind of as perfect as it could have been. What about for? Uh, your biggest flaw for the movie. Um, there's this scene, and it really it's it's some it's always the little things with me that really bothered me. But he was a um, Peter Parker was about to get ran over by a car um, while he's in his little scooter, mm-hmm. and the bike goes flying. He yeah. does a nice little backflip, and only two kids see yeah. him, and only two kids care. Yeah, and that's it. And that really bothered me because you know everybody would like. And maybe it's just a different time, the 2004 right. than now. But like, if that would have happened right now, everybody would gone and bust out their phones yeah. and try to get it on Warsaw or something. So <laughs> I, I think that yeah, there's that one for sure. I just have a whole problem with the Spider-Man universe in today's society mm-hmm. because how is Spider-Man so goddamn busy? Do the cops do nothing in that city? Like he's late every day. To everything. Like, he never made it to her play on time. Mm-hmm. How does something happen every single time he tries to go to the play? Like, he cannot be that busy. There's just no excuse for it. Like, I understand Superman has that problem because he can be anywhere within, like, five seconds. Mm-hmm. And he, he has supersonic hearing. Spider-Man just has spidey sense. He has no fucking idea where everybody is. It's just such a weird, like, how is he constantly having that issue? Because he's living two lives. And I, I think that I think I that's what it movie, is. That's what it is. You know, but like in real, but once you break it down, yeah, no, he he, especially being the the science kid that he is, mm-hmm. he he should have been able to, but yeah, just minor flaw. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I wanted to bring out um, before we started recording, we were talking about the time, and there literally two sec, uh, two seconds, two minutes difference between the time of uh, of Homecoming and Spider Man Two, right? And I really feel like Spider Man Two. Use that time wisely. Oh yeah. To bring other like components. You a lot of character development mm-hmm. in that movie. And I in Homecoming without getting too specific, I just thought that they wasted a lot of time. In, yeah. In in scenes that just looked pretty. I think uh, we'll get into the villain debate. These are two of the best villains in yes. Spider-Man history. Yeah. Almost like Green Goblin's close for me because I love Willem Dafoe's mm-hmm. Green Goblin, but Doctor Octopus versus. Michael Keaton's Vulture is one of the best debates ever because Michael Keaton's Vulture was awesome. But the Octopus character, he was one of the only ones who I really thought was, how do I say this, who was believable in his mind control. Because mm-hmm. you kind of feel for him being that he's suffering in, he just lost his wife and he's trying to avoid that situation, trying to make sure that her death wasn't for nothing. Mm-hmm. He goes through so much development as a character and Peter Parker talking to him at the end is is kind of a throwaway when I first watched it as a kid, like 14 years old. Mm-hmm. But now when I'm watching it again, it's like you kind of see the, the battle that Alfred Molina's having, and I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. When was the first time you saw it? Spider-Man 2? Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire, yes. When was the first time you saw it? I actually did not see it when it came out. I was on a road trip to, I want to say San Jose, and I saw it in the car with my little headphones, and... Totally did not pay attention to like the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Saw it again three years later, and that's when I was like, okay, this is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And now rewatching it again, there's so many hints at other like there was hints at a uh, at Sandman, because um, they were like, oh, don't you really want to find out who who really killed your your uncle or stuff like that? And I was like, okay. Oh, uh, but I always thought the Sandman thing was a was a shoe-in thing just to make a story point. You think so? I never thought it was genuine. I, 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 now I think it is, because, you know, like, they were like, oh, and this and that, and then you have uh, uh, Mary Jane's boyfriend, which is basically the guy that, in the in the comics and in the and in the cartoons, he brought Venom and his spaceship, because he oh, was an astronaut. Cool. I never knew that. So I was like, if they would have just gone with that story for the next one, just saying, make like... Make him be the bad guy? Make him be That'd the be bad guy, cool, or actually. just make him be the guy that brought the, the, the symbiote... It would have it would have gave a little more, 
more um, base to the movie. Yeah. Um, because Spider-Man Three felt like a new movie, just with the same, like with the same characters, but with a totally different universe. Like, it, it was the same characters, same cast, but they felt different. From from yeah. Spider Man Two to Spider Man Three. If I remember correctly, Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst both really didn't want to do Spider Man Three mm -hmm. when that movie came out. But to stay on Spider Man Two, um, I first saw it in theaters, and I remember thinking Spider Man One was better really? than Spider Man Two. Mm -hmm. Now I think the complete opposite yeah. because I kind of hate the origin story of every superhero. Mm -hmm. Spider Man has been done to death, but for the most part, yes. Spider Man One is just an origin story for the first hour of that movie. Spider-Man 2, you already started Spider-Man and you see the battle that he has, whether or not he wants to stay as Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And what always annoyed me, as a kid and now still, is that the reason he wanted to become Spider-Man and use his powers was to get money for the car to prove to MJ that he was like the cool kid. Mm -hmm. So he's doing all the things to be Spider-Man, now he's doing it with the everything has to be like great power, great responsibility talk, mm -hmm. so now he changes his morals of what his, really, what his goal was. But when his goal was only to get with MJ, he was like, yeah, Spider-Man, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. I'll be the hero to, to get MJ. But then he realizes like she wouldn't be safe and all that other nonsense and mm -hmm. the responsibility thing of Spider-Man. But he's basically a bratty high school kid who's being selfish. He's losing his powers of being Spider-Man because he wants to be with a girl. And, well, yes, that. But it's, it's the whole stress of... Of wanting to be in two places at once and being the hero and feeling like you can't be that you mm -hmm. know and I think that's a lot of because he, he just needs a break mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's what really broke him down yeah they do a good job because especially all the kids that are stressing out like mm -hmm. going to school and going to college now mm -hmm. he actually has a real thing to stress out about with trying to be a hero 24 7 right so his character because he's uh, not even like 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 and I'm, I know I'm comparing to another He's not even like Batman, where he's like just full on night. Mm -hmm. You know, like he has a, he he basically has a schedule. Um, I'm waning in the more I'm winning the day. Batman, I don't know how what his sleep is mm -hmm. like, but at least he can you know he can do two at once. Spider Man has to be Spider Man and Peter Parker twenty four seven, and that can really be stressful. Yeah. What's well, a scene that you enjoyed, or what's my favorite scene of Spider Man Two? Mm -hmm. Ooh, uh, off top of my head, the bank scene. It's one of those scenes that you kind of you don't think about that much nowadays, but it was very, very comic booky. He was literally throwing bags of money at Spider-Man. Right, was right, 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 right. tables and throwing cars and shit like that in that fight. Mm -hmm. And it was when Spider-Man's running out to him and he throws the door of the taxi at him. Mm -hmm. and he does that sick, like, flip-over move. That scene was really cool. I, I kind of slept on it again. Like, I always Yeah, think about I, I don't remember it um, the, the last couple times I saw it till, till this time. Mm -hmm. um, a scene that I really enjoyed was um, the way... Peter Parker had to talk to Dr. Ock because uh, basically Harry made him. At the beginning or at the end? At the beginning. And then, like, he, start, he starts seeing Peter as a, you know, he's not a slacker. He's not yeah. this and that. And he, like, he kind of takes him under his wing. And I, and I really like that because I felt like that meant more as a, as a fight later on. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to fight somebody that now you care for instead of just being a villain, which is what Spider-Man usually just does. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another really memorable moment in that movie. The ending fight was actually one of the best climaxes of any superhero movie ever. Spider-Man 2. It's it's not like the Marvel Universe is today where they have that big epic battle where you know the good guy's going to win. Yeah. For a little bit of that, like you think MJ might die there. Mm -hmm. I can't say yes. 100%, but like it didn't seem like at that point in my movie-watching career, I thought she was safe. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've overdone it so it seems like it's not as good now when it came out so long ago. But it, that movie had some stakes because it, it the Spider-Man failed Peter multiple times during yes. the movie. So you didn't know what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. It left a lot of doubt in the viewer's mind. So I thought the, the battle climax ending, whatever you want to call it, it was really, really well done. Um, that's Stan Lee cameo. I think yeah. that's... And, and it's... Uh, I want to say that's my favorite cameo. Not, not, not like, like with the new movies. Mm -hmm. But like that's the way something like that should be done. Yeah. Like, very subtle. handed Like, now he's, like, you know, like, now he's, like, what, like, there's theories about him being one of the, the aliens, mm -hmm. like, the Watchers and stuff like that. And, like, Disney just doesn't care right now. Like, Disney will just give you it's a character. A bit. Yeah. And before it was more of, oh, like, like check out this. Like, you have mm -hmm. to rewatch the movie to catch it. Yeah. Well, like, just now, so everybody knows what you're talking about. Stanley's cameo in the movie. When uh, Aunt May is getting uh, taken up the building after the bank scene by Dr. Octopus, mm -hmm. rocks are falling all over the street, and, and Stanley is one of the 
uh, people who grab a woman out of the way and save her from mm -hmm. one of the falling rocks. But it was literally a split second. Yeah, you can and, barely and, notice. If you don't know who Stanley is, you would never know who Yeah, exactly. And it's and there's not a follow-up scene and May saying, oh, thank you, sir, or something mm -hmm. like that. It's just, oh, if you sighed, you sighed, and if yeah. you didn't, you have to rewatch the movie. Yeah. And, and I really like that because I'm... How about Aunt May's a superhero and smacked uh, Doctor Octopus right in the face? That was a, that was also pretty. How did how does Doctor Octopus see Spider Man coming no matter where the fuck he is? But the old lady with the purse behind him and he's like safe. <laughs> Literally one foot behind her. his head doesn't notice her at all. He has four eyeballs off his arms that are catching every little thing, did but he doesn't see that coming. She, did she find out that he was Peter at all from that? Because no. I really wanted that. No. I she really gives a weird look when he like saves her. Mm -hmm. he, like I, I don't know if she recognizes his voice or what happened, but she, she gives him a look during that. Yeah, I, I wanted to like, cause you know how they're there when when Aunt May is moving, um, almost at the end of the movie, mm -hmm. she she's like talking to him like oh, best yeah. speech ever. Yeah, I, I really wanted her to hint. I I, I kind of know who you are or something like that oh. as a little payoff. I don't need it. You know I I kind of do. I don't need it. It's too much tying everything up in a nice little bow. I mean, that's basically Spider-Man 2. It tied up everything in a nice little bow. Yeah. Uh, and then for, we got a couple more. Soundtrack. Did you notice the soundtrack in Spider-Man nope. 2? Son of a bitch. <laughs> Danny Elfman does the soundtrack. By the way, when I was going through my list of like best five uh, composers, forgot to put in Danny Elfman. For sure getting shunned on the internet right now. But yeah, Danny Elfman has the best score for any of the Spider-Mans. Really? Yeah. He's, he also did the Batmans back, like, on the Michael Keaton Batmans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Danny Elfman knows what's up. Okay. I'll write it next time to make sure Please I... pay attention to the soundtrack. I'm telling you, it makes a huge deal. I'm telling you. Anyway, present day impact. Where does uh, the Spider-Man 2 universe fall in present day? Eyes. Uh, does I anybody talk about it? Other than us. Other than us? No. Okay. Maybe. Maybe last year, um, but I'll talk about it more during our homecoming. Okay. Uh, Let's move to Homecoming then. One of the best opening scenes in any movie ever. It's Handycam Tom Holland finding out that he's about to be Spider-Man, basically, mm -hmm. for Tony Stark in Berlin or wherever the, the airport scene was. Mm -hmm. that, that whole scene where he's talking to Jon Favreau, which, by the way, I love that Jon Favreau still gets the love because he's the one who directed the original Iron Man mm -hmm. movie. And... Usually that person gets cast aside by the time they've made their 25th movie in the universe. But they yeah. keep John Favreau around. Like, whenever they need a funny line, he's always there to say something. John I mean, Favreau's amazing. What's a better... What's I, In my eyes, Iron Man 3... I mean, Iron Man 1's still better than, mm -hmm. than Iron Man 2 or 3. Mm -hmm. So, he, Well, he directed Iron Man 2 as well, but... Mm. That's not... That's... Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, then you got Homecoming. He gets... You, you see him in the high school, which means a lot to, like, hardcore comic book people that Spider-Man's in high school, it doesn't mean shit to me. Because I grew up with Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I didn't know any different. Mm -hmm. And I never watched the cartoon. So in my head, Spider-Man's whatever age he needs to be for this story. Yeah, I think if maybe if we were younger, we'll appreciate it more. Um, or older. We've had a, we've <laughs> had a discussion where um, these, these new Marvel movies are kind of just, um, you know, for like a younger audience. Mm -hmm. And it's just acceptable for us to watch them. I, I mean older folks, though. Old people say that they want Spider-Man to be in high school. That's creepy, but that's everybody has their, you know, their opinion. Wow. <laughs> you get introduced to the high school. You get introduced to to new Flash Thompson. Um, there was a lot of hate on that kid. Um, I, 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 kid. I I I um, hate him a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I don't hate him for the the world that we're in now. The jocks aren't really dicks anymore. The right. jocks are kind of nerds. Mm -hmm. It would be the rich kid with the DJ and system in his house. That and he and he did dick. have he was wealthy, you know, because he was writing his uh. His dad's right, audio or whatever. Audio, right. Yeah. But I was saying, it, like, the, the bullies to nowadays, in my opinion, aren't the football team. It's, it's you know, it's the nerdy rich kid. Right. Who thinks he's going to be a rapper or something. Like, mm -hmm. that's the <laughs> that's the new bad guy. I don't mind it that much. I mean, it's not typical, and it definitely took a, a risk with it. Mm -hmm. But I think putting old Flash Thompson in there would also just be very forgettable. Just having another football jock type of, type yeah. of character. So I didn't mind it. Um... Michael Keaton as, as like well, the, actually the real opening scene of the movie is Michael Keaton at, at the crash the, in New the York. Construction scene or the and movie. they humanize him very quickly. That mm -hmm. you make him understand why you you understand why Michael Keaton's doing what he's doing, and that's always one of my biggest things with villains. And then yeah, you you have to give a reason for um for what you're you know 
Yeah, some movies don't though. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. And they they saw that he got basically his company taken mm-hmm. away from him by Tony. So it, it, right. you understand the animosity, and it also keeps showing the alien technology is having uh, its it, footprint in in the Marvel universe, which is kind of cool because it, it shows that that movie still has its reactions or yeah. its its impact on the like universe. a domino effect of yeah a mini Donald domino effect. Um, there's the cool Donald Glover cameo as the the villain who happens to be Miles Morales' uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they would have let him have a bigger part than that, honestly, because he's he's always been rumored to play Spider-Man. They were letting him play Miles Morales on that cartoon, um, but well, they did. He he voiced the character. They, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. So I I just wish they would have given him more in the actual movie because he's just such a good actor. He's such a talent. I mean, I just. Some some of the things that I really, I love I love uh, Spider Man Homecoming. Uh-huh. It's, it's a great movie. Um, I like that Spider Man's now with the Avengers. I really like that. But I feel like well, he's trying to be in the Avengers in this movie. Well, yeah, but he's he's fighting with with all the Avengers. You know, you don't have to. Do you really need a card if you're fighting with Avengers to be an Avenger? Mm-hmm. You do. I mean, you do, but you don't. <laughs> kind of do. Like we all knew where it was going for Infinity War. No, but we I'm knew saying. Spider-Man had to but be in involved. the universe, like yeah. I like that he's part of the universe. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, but at the same time, it's 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 falling into the, the I feel like every Marvel movie now it's it's starting to like have the same taste. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can't just have one superhero doing his own thing. You mm-hmm. need his six friends to show up. Yeah. It's, it does answer the question though. Whenever there's a Spider-Man conflict in a movie. If they are in the same universe as Fantastic Four and the Avengers, why didn't like, they show up? Where they at? Where yeah. they at though? But yeah. it, that that really bothers me. Something that I I, I found is that the storyline in Homecoming and and then Spider Man Two were very similar, mm-hmm. and I I really wanted to hate um, while I was watching Homecoming. I was like, they're just copying the same thing, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's they make it original. They, yeah, they made it original, and it's the only movie from the the the. First Spider-Man's that it's that you can do actually something with and and expand it. Well, they didn't do the origin story. That's why they didn't go through the whole Uncle Ben has to get shot scenario. They just skipped over all that boring shit that we didn't want to see. Yeah, and just gave you Spider-Man as is. But I like the the villain felt similar um, yeah, to Doctor Ock. Yeah. They they were both good guys that had to turn evil for because of They're basically morals, personal basically. issues. They're both arrogant. Right. They're both arrogant. Um. They so they do feel similar. I, I I like having Iron Man there. I'm a big fan of Iron Man, but I feel like he's he's carrying the movie, in in a way. And like if I feel like he's he just, carrying a lot of Marvel movies now on. Yeah, he and he just turned Tom Holland into mini Iron Man. In yeah, this movie. And that's that's not who he is, cause cause Peter Parker's smart. I've heard this said before too. Is is that isn't Spider Man cool enough as he is? Yeah. Do we need to make him Iron Man Junior? Mm-hmm. Like, like no, no, we really don't. And he's I, he's such a unique character as is because he's so different from all the other old mm-hmm. dudes in the group. Yeah, like he can just be his own thing without having to have an Iron Man suit. Like he already has healing powers and all that other stuff, not to the level of Deadpool or Wolverine, but he has that that strength. Mm-hmm. I just think being in the Marvel universe breeds all sorts of other flaws. Yeah, what was your favorite scene, though? My favorite scene. Um. When he's figuring out his new uh, his new suit, and he's like, "Oh, battle mode, battle mode engaged or whatever," yeah. I thought that was that was hilarious. Insta kill? No, oh, what? <laughs> you know who does the voice of uh, that character? Pro- oh, Friday. Yeah, um, it's not Friday, bro. We went over this. It's not. It is Friday. It's not Friday. They, they call her Friday. Uh, producer, please. No, bro. I'm telling you, Iron Man's suit is Friday. I thought Iron Man suit was the new. Uh, he gave her the nickname of like Jen or something. But what's the what's the name name? Because in in Avengers, in Avengers: Age of Ultron, when they put in the the Jarvis into right, he calls it Friday. No, uh, after that he has to he needs a new a new system to yeah. boot all his and that's and that's called Friday. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't mean Spidey's system is the same system. It's aren't they, don't they have their own brains? But aren't they? If both? Jarvis can turn into Vision, they have to have their own brain. Hmm. But who called her? What, what was it? I want to say he gave her a name and he tried to name her um, the girl he had the crush on. I can't remember her name right now. 
but then she's like, and he's like, no, that'd be creepy. And he said like another like typical white girl name. Yeah, but he he decided to name her, and she was like, yeah, you can call me that if you want. But I think her name name it's Friday. I don't think it matters though. But it's Jennifer Connelly that does Friday. the voice. It's Friday. Thank you. All right, you we win. can move on. You win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> all right, all right. Tap. Um. Yeah. What was your favorite scene, or did you? Did you get your? Oh yeah, you said it in the bunker when he's learning his powers. Yeah. Uh, by far the best scene in the whole movie is the drive to homecoming. That awkward drive. That, with... that drive is excellent. Mm -hmm. To the point where I was laughing the last time I watched it because it's just so cringe. Not only that, it's it's that it you. Us as viewers, we've been there before where it's like, how does he not know this person's this person? You know, and like... Oh, I thought you meant in the back of the seat of a murderer. Yeah. Like, but no, like, like, you know how Were he connected the dots? Yeah. Like, I was like, a, a character should be smart enough to just be like, uh, you're, you're, you're Spider-Man or you're... Yeah, that's, that was the best part, though, is how slow that they made that drive mm -hmm. and how he's, like, every little piece of info, he was closing another loop. Yeah, Michael Keaton does such a good job, and it's completely unconscious, too. It's just, like, eye movement where he's like, you little bitch. Hmm. Like, that's literally his <laughs> eyes say that. Yeah, that, that scene alone is the, by far my favorite scene of that movie. And then she, like, the, the girl has no idea. She's like, Dad, stop bullying him. Mm -hmm. And oh, such a, such a well-done scene. Um, and it was a shock, too, in the theater. Like, I didn't see it coming at all. Oh, no. My, no, no, no. My wife said to me, it's going to be Michael Keaton's house, and I'm like, what? And then it like clicked no way. in my head. She I was predicted like, it? Yeah. And literally what? in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But I didn't, I definitely didn't call it myself. No, I, hmm. Yeah. Definitely came out of nowhere. But the second, like, it happens, you're like, of course it is. It totally makes bitches. sense, yeah. yeah. They did a really good job with it. Um, cast overall. Tom Holland's my favorite actor to play Spider Man. The cast, yeah. I, I like the cast. But like I said, it, you do feel like um, Robert Downey Jr. really. Shadows everybody else. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. But he's really only in it for maybe three minutes of screen time. You just it's, it's, you just feel like he's there. Yeah, because even in one, like Iron Man's just uh, the suit without yeah. him in it. Um, yeah, but you just you just have that presence where like, to uh, not Tobey Maguire, goddamn Tom Holland talks about him so much. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, does, does Iron Man need anything for me? Like you can just, you can feel his presence in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, Something that I didn't like. Um, cast wise. No, just movie-wise, it's, um, I think they, like, like I said before, they wasted a lot of time, um, with other things. They could, because they could skip the, the intro of, um, how he got his powers and all that, but they still wasted a lot of time with, like, oh, yeah, let's go to Washington because this is here, and, like, I don't know, I feel like they could have done more with the story if it was just going to be a, a Spider-Man film. Maybe. I don't know. I just I, I wanted more story instead of just. It took it out in New York though, which is weird for Spider-Man seeing him in a different city. Mm -hmm. That's the first time you've really seen that. It was really well done. And there's luckily no emo Spider-Man in this movie, which I can like. Spider-Man: Homecoming is like the happiest of all the Spider-Man movies. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have the uncle dying scene, and you don't have, or Gwen Stacy dying, or a lot of other stuff. Um, the scene where um, they're sitting at the table, like opening uh, Tom Holland and his buddy. And I was like, is that a new top for Liz? Mm -hmm. And he goes, no, it's just a different bottom. Yeah, we should probably stop staring. It's getting creepy. <laughs> and she goes, too late. You guys are nerds. Right. That scene was super well done. Zendaya, like, is in the movie, but she doesn't really do anything. I feel like it was one of those moves just to get, like, kids' attention. Like, oh, Zendaya's in the new Spider-Man, like, on Nickelodeon. All yeah, that shit. I, I, I felt like, when I was watching in, in theaters, I felt like they were going to do something with the character. Mm -hmm. And I never got that payoff. And it doesn't... Well, they called her MJ at the end, but it's not even the real MJ. Right. So, like, what, what's going on? You yeah. know? Because um, she was at the party, and mm -hmm. she, she's, like, she's like a weirdo, or, like, she, she just likes to be alone. So that was pretty pretty weird that she was there. I think I, it's obvious she likes I, Peter. I, yeah. I almost thought, like, her and that other... Uh, in the, in, like, the friend? Yeah. I thought they were sisters. I was like, what about their sisters? Because why is she at the party, and she looks all like... She's eating, like, a toast or something? Oh, you mean Flash Thompson's sister? No, whose house was it? It was a... Um, Flash Thompson's house. I thought oh, was, no, you're right. It was Liz's house. Yeah. So I was like, are they sisters or something? I just, I, I don't oh, get yeah. it. Which it would make sense, because like, she's like, oh, yeah, I just caught you guys checking out my sister. You know? Uh, like, yeah, I guess. But, uh, but I, I don't know. It was a lack. They just had her for comedic relief. I mean, it's a high school. You can't just have three kids in the whole high school. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, soundtrack for this movie. Tell me you noticed it. 
I do not. You're right, because it's a Marvel movie, and their soundtracks are forgettable. Okay, that's fair. One thing about um, about the DC Universe, at least they get their epic scenes to sound epic. Mm -hmm. Marvel just throws the Avengers theme over everything and mm -hmm. makes it seem like it's okay, and it's not. Like, the scene where, where Spider-Man's on with Vulture on the way to the invisible plane at the end of the movie, mm -hmm. they have this fucking ho-hum uh, score going on in the background. Not saying I can do better, I don't know shit about music, but I'm just saying, like, compared to a lot of other movies, the, the score and the, the epicness of that could have been more intense, and it was very, very, like, low-key, it almost, like, puts you in, like, a lull, where you're just like, I wonder what's gonna happen, instead of, like, being excited about mm -hmm. what's gonna happen. You're just there for the ride. Yeah. It was, it just could have been better done, that's why I always, the Marvel Universe needs to, to work on there. Yeah, they things. need, they need change, mm -hmm. um... It's just it's it's the same thing. It's it's all yeah. it's it's been the same thing for for a little bit now, and nah. I think people are starting to notice. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, uh, I mean, Infinity War is such a its own thing. It's such a game changer that the rest of the universe now has to change one way or another, mm -hmm. theme and genre. Like yeah. you can't just keep doing the same origin story no. in a happy old universe. Are, are you even excited for Ant Man and Wasp? No, I don't want to see it. Yeah. No. It, they came out yesterday. I want to see Deadpool yesterday. And I saw the trailer. I'm like, I'm not going to watch this movie. I'm going to see it because I love Paul Rudd. And it's not that I don't want to see the movie. It's just I'm not excited for it. Right. It's it's just a real problem right now with the Marvel Universe. But present day, in, uh, present day notices to this movie, definitely the Marvel Universe is, is getting its touch from Tom Holland. Mm -hmm. And he's arguably the best Spider-Man. I think, I think overall everybody will, will say that. And I love... Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, uh, his movies weren't as well received, but Tom Holland is a very, very good. Uh, How do you think Tom rendition? Holland would have done by himself if they didn't add? If he was just, let's say, he was still in Sony, decent movie, but he wasn't in the in the so Marvel. So you still get Michael Keaton and you still get that storyline, but you but don't you have don't get Iron Robert Man Downey and Robert Downey Jr. I think it would have been fine. You think so? I might even liked it better. That's what I'm saying. That's that's what I'm saying. I. I I think if it would have been a standalone movie with just the right moves, it could have been a, a decent film. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. is Robert Downey Jr. is such a presence in this movie that I don't know one way or another if it would have been better, but you definitely feel that he's there, so I don't know if the same well, you impact would have been there. It might have been a little bit more boring because you don't feel like Iron Man might be, might be right around the corner. Mm -hmm. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's you tough. You don't get that, that scene where it's like, if, you don't, if, you, if you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve it. I hated that scene. But... I mean, what else? A lot of people love that scene, too, when, I, when I've talked to it's people. A, it's a good like, scene. It's not a good scene, but it's a good uh, thing to tell somebody that's, like... Right, but you're on a big-ass green screen in your Marvel and make it a little bit less obvious. Or do it on the street. Because it pissed me off how much green screen they use in that scene. You could tell they no, were just every Marvel film now, it's no, all but that green one, screen. No, that one's atrocious. Watch Homecoming again, you'll see it. It's atrocious. Because they're sitting out over the bay, over the Hudson, and you're just like, alright, we know you're not right there, and you can clearly see everything moving and I hate to be a, a CGI snob but that's just what it is how do you feel about it compared to Spider-Man 2 I think it's not as good okay I like like I said the they use their time wise to develop a lot of characters mm -hmm. um, to show conflicts between Spider-Man and Peter Parker uh, Spider-Man and New York City and then Peter Parker and his whole life and his, uh, his family um and with Homecoming, you just had this kid who's learn who's learning how to be Spider-Man in, 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 in now a, a Marvel Universe that's, you know, 10 years in, in experience. Right. Um, so in, in, in my eyes, my vote goes for Spider-Man 2. Well, what was your, um, if you had to compare, like, best moment, which one's the best moment out of both those movies? Best moment for both of those movies. For me, it's the car scene. The, the drive to homecoming is the best scene overall in that movie. In either of those movies. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Because I don't want to be like, you yeah, said, that's, that's... You that's. said your favorite scene in Spider-Man 2 was... Uh, the, the, the connection that, that they had. Peter Parker and... Uh, and Dr. Octopus, Dr. right? Dr. Octopus. In, that, in, that, in the meeting. Before the, like, anything really happened. Mm -hmm. The bond, basically, that they created. Because Peter Parker, and, and like, you show how, how, and it shows how smart he is, because he basically calls it, like, what about you, you don't calibrate this, and yeah. it goes this what and this What if you use a science term wrong? <laughs> so, it, it shows you how smart he is, 
and like yeah. in in Homecoming, he kind of needed uh, help from his uh, from his friend. What's his name? I never know that kid's name. Um, yeah, yeah, he's he's basically the one that figured everything right. out. He was kind of the dumb and, version of Spider Man. Yeah, and like I, I don't like that. Yeah, it's, he's it's, supposed to be a super genius. Mm-hmm. And your friendly neighborhood Spider Man. All right. Uh, so what's your what's your answer for best scene then? Homecoming. Homecoming. The car drive. I got. I guess I have to go with that one. Uh Or would you do the one that you said earlier? What? I do like the scenes with the vulture too, though, because he is a good villain. Um, he the, was a villain in that scene. No, but he like was just, vulture, he, he wasn't. Vulture. He wasn't vulture there. He was. It's like saying, you know, Peter Parker. They they have two different. Right, but he wasn't ever vulture and being that cool. I don't think. I don't remember the vulture doing anything that sick. But it's my favorite moment, Rich. Okay, my bad. <laughs> By the way, how does the fucking New York City cops not find Dr. Octopus? He leaves a trail of crumbled everything. Mm -hmm. Like, it and cannot it be that hard. Is there it, bigger breadcrumbs you could follow? And it goes back to, like, where his wife died. Yeah. Like, how could they not find him? Never saw it coming. <laughs> Came back to the scene of the crime. That's hilarious. It's like Superman would literally make a bit about how stupid it was to find him. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so best scene, you're going to go with the bond that, that he had with... No, you said Keaton. You said something with the vulture. What do you got? Um, Best scene? Either when movie. he stops him. You know, like when he's like chasing him right after he finds out uh, they're selling okay. weapons. And he drops him in the and, lake. Yeah. and, and Okay. That's, that's all I have. All right. Biggest flaw for either movie. What you got? Biggest flaw for either movie. Let's see. What do you got, Richard? Let's go well, with I you first. I went first last time. Alright, biggest flaw for either movie. Um, it's tough. Not really. Okay. I'm just trying to think of the biggest one. <laughs> um, I guess the the chemistry between Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst would be my biggest flaw for Spider-Man 2. Biggest flaw in Spider-Man Homecoming. Probably the end battle between him and Vulture. I didn't like it really that much. Just because you know he's going to save Vulture and do the hero move and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Marvel ending. So, I'll go with that for my biggest flaw. I don't know if I liked the end end scene where he like finds out his new suit and he like turns it all down. Okay. Um cuz that's all he wanted. He wanted like a suit and I don't know. That's your biggest flaw? The movie like I want to I don't know if I want to like the movie sometimes. Do you feel like that? No. Like I feel like I want cuz it's a Spider-Man movie. I like that movie a lot. But, like, I don't know. Like, after, like, seeing Spider-Man 2, like, I, I, I gotta put my, my foot down for for Spider-Man 2. I just... There's a lot of things but with similarities. But you don't have a biggest flaw. You don't, have, you don't even have a real flaw yet. It just feels like a lot like... Like I said, it feels like it's it's a copy of Spider-Man 2. Okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was it was original in that, though, so I don't totally agree, but I get you. Cast, I, I say Homecoming by far. Tom Holland and Michael Keaton as villain and, and protagonist, I think fit so well together. Yeah, because um, he, he was Batman, so you have like an old school, yeah. you know, superhero that might have gone wrong with a, with a new with a new, um, a new superhero. Okay, so we both agree on that cast. Soundtrack, yeah. I give the Spidey to. Danny Elfman does such a good job with the score of Spider-Man. It's one of the only scores from... Uh, the 2000s that you still remember when it comes to superheroes. You get the, the Batman score you remember, and you get the Spider-Man the Spider-Man score from Tobey Maguire. But a lot of the newer Marvel stuff, you couldn't recognize the Thor theme if I played it right now. Yeah. Which is really annoying. You, you recognize the big battle at the end of Ragnarok, but you don't recognize his theme, mm -hmm. which is annoying. Um, for you, soundtrack, what do you got? I'll go with Spider-Man 2. Okay, easy. Story. Which had the better Spider -Man story? Spider-Man 2, for sure. You say Spider-Man 2? Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with, with Homecoming for best story. Because I like Michael Keaton's story better than I like Dr. Octopus's story. The acting, I think, was... The acting and, like, the, the transformation from good to evil for Dr. Octopus but, okay. was good, but I didn't T like tell it. Tell me I the story for, for, like... What's the big difference between Dr. Octopus and, and, uh, and the Vulture's story that is so different that they do it better? The end battle in Spider-Man 2 was better. That's where I that's where I have my biggest flaw for Marvel as well, for the Homecoming movie. Mm -hmm. Is that the end battle in Homecoming was was annoying, and the end battle in Spider Man Two was very quick to the point. It wasn't an hour long. Mm -hmm. um, but story wise, 
I feel like this, the general story of Homecoming was just better. You really myself. think that? You really think so? Yeah, like, do you really think that? Like, you had so many different things that show you what Spider-Man goes through, and so did so do they in, in Homecoming. Right. But I feel like it's really dumbed down. Um, it's it's high school drama. It's high school. I have a crush on this girl. How many times have we seen that? With it's like with this, it's Spider-Man's having internal conflicts to the point where he's losing his powers. Yeah, but to me, that just makes him a little bitch. No, he makes him more relatable. No, because it's basically him saying he can't get it up. Is that really what you think? Is that the first thing that yeah, you thought? Because he didn't get the girl he wanted. He can't get it up. Like that's my problem with that. No, he just got fired from his job. He has to fucking fight. He doesn't care about his job. He knows he's broke. It's about Mary Jane. That's why he's depressed, because Mary Jane is getting married. No, that's not true, because you saw a different uh, side of him as soon as he found out that Mary Jane had a boyfriend. He's like, oh, you have a boyfriend now? Actually, now I do have time for you, for, you, uh, for, for me to go to your, um, yeah. to your play. So it wasn't always about Mary Jane. And he even says, it. he's like, I don't have time for girls right now. He's like, I have other things in mind, which was being Spider-Man. Right, but why he can't get the webs up is because he's not with Mary Jane. And it's when he accepts he cannot be with her is when he gets the webs back. I don't know. What do you not know? I think they he were... He literally I, becomes Spider-Man again when Mary Jane wants to be with him and he's all, no, I'm good. And that's when Dr. Arquist comes into the table, jacks her, and he's Spider-Man again. But he literally told her, no, I don't love you, and that's when his powers turn back on. Well, then maybe there's a little more to it. He wanted to become human because he wanted to be with a girl. And now he's like, okay, I can't be with you. Okay, then I can be Spider-Man again. Or am I reaching so far? I don't think I am. I think I won. <laughs> okay, so let me guess. Your vote goes for That's homecoming. homecoming still for a story. Okay. And then present day references homecoming wins, but that's not really a real point because it's so, it's unfair. It's, yeah, it's basically 2004 versus 2017. And Marvel. And yeah, Marvel, and, Marvel's big, and Big Papa Marvel. every week. Um, <laughs> big Papa Marvel. So, scores are pretty similar. 93% for Rotten Tomatoes for Homecoming. And then, I want to say, yeah, 93 for Spider-Man 2 as well. Wow. Yeah, so, everybody pretty much has a split right down the middle on this one. You're for sure going Spider-Man 2. I think I am as well. Wow. Um main reason just such a so much more simple i really thought he was gonna go with homecoming just because of the way he was like trashing all my ideas i'm not trashing it was like you no were, you were no, arguing that no. the story was better <laughs> i'm just saying it wasn't to me the story sounded felt really fake in homecoming yeah I, I, it is a superhero though you know what i mean yeah and so is spider-man but he felt like it was like okay he got bit by a radioactive spider, and that's it. Now he has to go find everything. And with 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 homecoming, it's like, come on, come on, Tom Holland, we'll help you there. Like, like we'll give you little crutches, and I you know, and it, I just I, I can't respect that. It's 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 ten year old. It's ten year old Marvel, not knowing how to character develop somebody by themselves. That's fair. Okay, so Spider Man Two wins. <laughs> Nothing but nonsense from here forward. What right. the fuck is the Yanny and Laurel debate? Because it's annoying <laughs> the shit out of me. And I'm not going to click on it. I'm not giving you time of day, but it's annoying. Wait, well, we should just do it right now then. Yeah. We'll do it right now. I've been waiting the 45 minutes to do this. Global? I'm so angry about that. But he hasn't even told... So is that that's how it ends? Spider-Man 2 wins? Yeah, Spider-Man Spider 2 wins. Okay, perfect. Should okay. I do the next fight? The next that's what I was thinking. I was like, he didn't even do right. the next fight. And next week, come back and we'll, we'll have another matchup for you. It's going to be... The battle of split personalities. We have Fight Club versus Split. So I go back to to Yanny. Yanny versus Laurel. You know what this is, right? You gave me a. a, a you haven't seen the video either. I have. Thank not. God. You have not. Can we like? Can no. I don't want to watch it. That's the point. Can I watch it? No, no. no we're, we're gonna watch it right now. Can I? Can we watch it live? Ah! You you brought it up. We're gonna have a, a live debate about this. Okay. All right. Basically. One person here is Yanni, the other person here is Laurel. And in my head, I think they're playing two different videos on a random thing. So when you click it, it's Yanni. When the next person clicks it, it's Laurel. You know what I mean? And I, which... Where is it? I, I really... I'm, I'm looking at Literally it. YouTube, okay. Yanni versus Laurel. Um, I've listened to it uh, five different times <laughs> on different um, platforms. Right. 
and every time I hear Laurel. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't even... How is that even a difference? That It's like the blue dress, gold dress thing that happened like a couple years ago. It was People obviously are, blue. Pe- exactly! It was obviously a blue dress. It was so dress. obviously blue. Fucking people. And yeah. if you're a listener and you think it's gold, um, at me. Please subscribe and then unsubscribe. At me. Yeah, the next thing I'm fucking annoyed about is why are we still tweeting about the president? All right, all right here we go, here we go. Ready? Because he's tweeting back. Fair. <laughs> I mean, how many times did you get a reply right, from Obama? So where's Johnny? Oh, so you guys, exactly. hear, you guys hear Laurel as well? Exactly. What do you mean, you guys? What are you hearing? I'm hearing Laurel. Oh, okay. We're all hearing Laurel. Yeah. But a lot of people hear Yanny. But what I think is they have two different streams. I don't... Uh, this is, so this is it. This is That's it. That's it. And it's all over the internet right now. Some people How are we not going trending, but this is... <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The internet, internet used to mean something. And now it's just, it's on there for, for presidential tweets and Laurel. 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 You know what I mean? So dumb. I'm, get, I'm, yeah. I'm so hyped on the internet right now. We need to get someone who, who hears the ending on the show. And have a, have a, a debate. About and it. force them to change their ways. No, it'd be simple. It's like, what are you hearing? Oh, if you ask some, somebody at work. Someone's, have you? Like, there's like three people at work that, that hear Yanny. Who are these people? I forgot, but... No, you didn't. Who I, are these people? No, I, forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I need to find them. If you go to work on Monday and you just say, who, who hears Yanny? I bet you like three people. I, I remember... First his... person that comes to mind is Pedro. Probably. Yeah. I don't think he's heard it. Oh. Or I remember because I, I wanted to play it for him. Because I wanted his, his opinion. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't heard it yet. It's... You know another thing I'm mad about? And you don't really watch that much basketball. But people complaining about NBA referees. I saw that trending the other day. What's up with that? Literally, like, every single basketball game is always an argument because the referees are making weirdo calls depending on what is going on in the game. And it's so clearly, I don't want to say fixed, but staged. Mm-hmm. Where, like, a team needs a foul to keep playing and they'll get a foul off of something silly. Or then when there's 10 seconds left, you'll see people getting elbowed. You'll see people getting, like, thrown up in the air and there's no foul because you know you don't want to have the game ended on a foul. But it's so, like, orchestrated that anybody who's like still getting upset about it on the internet, I'm like, you don't understand. It's been this way for 20 years, and it's not going to change anytime soon. Like the NBA referees are completely organized. Mm-hmm. You know, my favorite referee moment was when the, the the referee strike was happening in the NFL. Right. And then there was that one game where Seattle versus uh, Green Bay. I forgot what it, what it was. If it was a field goal or if it was a touchdown. It was a, it was a touchdown. One dude said it was a touchdown. One dude said it was not. But it was the camera was like perfectly in yeah. between both of them. And you see one do this and then the other guy put up his hands. Yeah. And everyone was like, what? Wait, yeah. Which one? Literally, they didn't even know which one like superseded each other. They're just mm-hmm. like, I say no. I say yes. And it was in the last play of a Monday Night Football game. So everybody was watching it. Yeah, that was, that was such a great play. It was so good. And, like, literally two weeks later, the regular ref were back. Yeah, they were back. Oh, yeah, we fucked up. You knew it was coming, but what's weird is, like, that play happens all the time still, but because they're not under, like, such scrutiny like they were on that point, they were just waiting for the interim refs to fuck up. What about for uh, movies? You guys saw Deadpool already? Yeah. Can we talk about it a little bit? Or it's a, are we not yeah. going to ruin it for Rich? No, I say... I say we can talk about it, but let's not give away too many spoilers. Like, give a, a review, but without spoilers. Okay. Go for it. Don't look at me. <laughs> well, no, because, like, I don't want to, like, give you a review and then you're like, oh, really, that's how you feel about the movie? I don't, I'm not, it's not that whatever I say it's really going to make you no, not I'm, watch I, the movie. I stay pretty unbiased when I watch movies. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, first of all, it's a great movie. It's funny. Um, but. But. And there's, there's a huge but. As Tyrion Lannister uh, it, once said, everything before everything the bat doesn't matter. Mm-hmm, exactly. And that's why I don't want to say but because every time I think about that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell that they wanted to go with the same flow that they had in the beginning, which over the first movie, which is fair. But... Yeah, there was a few recycled jokes. A, a few recycled jokes. Yeah. Um, was there another red pant joke? 
Yes. Yes. Which was, but it was, it was good. It was, it, I, I actually, nobody, I actually. Nobody noticed the. Nobody fucking got it. Nobody I was it. dying. And, I'm gonna be that guy too. Yeah, I was dying, and I'm like, I'm like, babe, did you get it? And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh yeah. my god, and nobody laughing. I'm like dying hysterically. Yeah, I was, I was dying too because he said, he said the the pants joke, and uh -huh. I was like. It's like, like it, it was a better that that's one of the jokes that actually was better the second time, mm -hmm. um, because they uh, it's it's one of those like you have to know what he's talking about and uh -huh. it's such a like quick joke if they had that joke in the first movie, maybe it could it could it could have worked either no, way. Um, great movie, I think they. They should have chose their moves wiser with a couple characters, and with their trailers. Um, the trailers are hyping X Force from what I've seen, but I don't watch a lot of trailers. Right. Um, so like, I, I really feel like like they had potential for for a better story with the characters that they had, and I feel like it was just like, yeah, come watch the movie, and then we'll flip you off. My biggest thing with Deadpool 1 is I was very skeptical going into it because I love Deadpool as a character and I was not expecting it to be nearly as good as it was. Mm -hmm. So anything they do after this is it's, like free it's money for me. It's free yeah. money for me. Like I'm not expecting anything to be great because uh, he's such a character. He's such a difficult character to, to do because literally he's the this, this hero but he's so unlikable if you're not from his perspective. Mm -hmm. If you're watching a movie from Colossus's perspective you're like this guy is a fucking annoying. But because you're in Deadpool's perspective and he's making the joke directly to you, mm -hmm. it's so well done. It's just, he's one of the most impossible characters to build a great movie off of unless you have an amazing talent to do it like Ryan Reynolds. The funny thing is, is that you're, you're reviewing right now your views on, on Deadpool 2 and they're very fitted for, I mean, for you, you're reviewing Deadpool 1 and they're very fitted for Deadpool 2. Mm -hmm. And that really scares me because that means that this movie is really fucking recycled. Um... He's a tough character to do. Yeah. Because his first movie related to everybody because it was basically a romantic comedy. It was mm -hmm. basically a Marvel movie where you have the relationship and it worked great and then he had to save the girl at the end. Very, mm -hmm. very similar to most Marvel genre movies. So they did everything they could in that universe but in order to, for them to expand, he has to be able to do weirdo stuff and it's not going to fit everybody's bowl. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's going to like different things and he's not for everybody. That's the real problem. How did you feel about Deadpool working with other people? Like the chemistry between like like the X Force, um, Domino Lady, which is part of the X Force, and Zazzy Beats. Um and uh Thanos. He's it's not really Thanos, but cable. you know what yeah, cable. <laughs> um was, I'm worried about cable. How did you feel about the connections? Cause yeah. It was weird. They weren't like You didn't really feel the connection that like you no. wanted to. It felt pretty forced. Sometimes it's a lot bigger cast though. They like triple the it's, cast. It's fucking yeah. Force. Yeah. Force. Um, yeah. I, I, That's gonna do, be a bit. Uh, Deadpool and Domino. I I did like their 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 chemistry, but Deadpool with any other of the of the yeah people there felt yeah. a little forced. X forced. Sorry. X forced. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. The Domino and Deadpool was funny, just because her powers are ridiculous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was just kept shitting on her for mm -hmm. that. But Cable and... Cable and Deadpool, like, it's it's not a bad match, like, to yeah. have them, but you don't feel like they grew as a team. Yeah. I also did not like Cable. You don't like really? Cable? No. He's, I, a, uh, he's another really tough character to build off of. It's just... In, uh, like I like that the that the movies woke about being like yeah this is not how Cable looks, but at the same time I kind of felt like just just because you're being self -aware. just cause, exactly doesn't mean you can just get get away with everything that you want to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, the first the first time you do it in the movie for for an origin story it's fucking hilarious because yeah we can only afford two X Men huh yeah, yeah. so if you recycle uh, jokes like that all the time it just it 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 uh yeah. it doesn't have the same effect on the movie. That's what... Especially when you know how much they fucking won for the first movie. And yeah. if you want to make a budget joke, I'm going to be like, yeah, fuck off. Yeah, because the, the, when they first did it in the, in the first movie, it was like funny just because everyone knew how, how much they were struggling to mm -hmm. make that movie. Mm -hmm. And when they made those like budget jokes, I was like, oh, that's funny. Uh -huh. But in this one, it's like... 
It's like, come on, you, like, you guys all make yeah. bank. You guys can make better jokes sometimes. Um, I'm also not a Hollywood writer, so I, I, I can understand the stress yeah. that it must be. To, like, I always feel shitty when I, when I cri like, criticize movies like that. Well, didn't the director leave? Yeah. Yeah. Deadpool two. Mm-hmm. Because and they of had, uh, they had that accident on set too. They they had multiple breaks. Oh no way. There was a, a one of the motorcyclists died. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So they, they took multiple breaks during the during that uh they shooting. Had motorcycles in that? What scene? Not without. They might have taken it out because of it. Maybe Honestly, I don't remember like, any like motorcycles. B besides, <laughs> Deadpool but Deadpool riding a scooter oh. and that's it. He was in the moped. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but they might have. Uh, they might that have sucks. Taken it out just Fucking to, dying in a scene, and then they, they it was a sound performance. Yeah, yeah. That but that's what I mean. They took multiple breaks, and and whenever they got rid of the director halfway through, I didn't like that at all. And I I do fear that that Ryan Reynolds might be getting burnt out for playing the role as well. I haven't seen Deadpool two though, but just watching like how much he posts on Twitter and, and Instagram where he is Deadpool literally twenty four seven. Like mm -hmm. it's gotta be really annoying for him to never be able he's to a, take a break. He's another um, Robert Downey Jr. Where like, like you felt like Robert Downey Jr. is now Iron Man outside of the movies. Like if you right, see but him, at least he's not playing Iron Man in commercials and doing all of the advertising. He just himself. did something like that with like a credit card or something where he's like sitting down with his fucking suit and like like it's a credit card commercial all and right. he's literally Iron Man. And this commercial just came oh, out like like a month and a half. Well, it was around him Infinity War though. That's true. That's true. Because I was going to say, uh, Ryan Reynolds has been Deadpool for 7-Eleven commercial, a DiGiorno's commercial, some mm -hmm. random... Shibana, like, yogurt and shit like that. He also did yeah. the pink Deadpool costume for breast, breast awareness. He was in uh, Steve Colbert as Deadpool. Uh, he was on James Corden last time, too. Yeah. He's Deadpool all the time. That's what I'm saying. He just got to be getting burnt out with the role. Yeah. And that's what my fear is, because like, if you're not 100% invested, that character is so high energy, you can't phone that in. After a while, you get tired. Yeah, so I, I don't, um, I don't know. Especially with your guys' views, I'm thinking that they might take a break in between this movie and whatever they do next. I think so. I, I think they will. Yeah. Um, I think taking like a long break might be good too. Just I don't know. Just about like he can do other things. He hasn't been in anything. Who? Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he was in uh, uh, that's life. the yeah life. Yeah, but he was in that for 15 minutes. I didn't see life. I just, spoilers, I just <laughs> spoilers <laughs> everywhere on life if you didn't see the movie. I'm guessing he dies? Literally in the trailer they show you how he dies. He chokes? No. Okay. Definitely. He was in uh, the one with, with Samuel Jackson. The Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty funny too. But it, Was it, that before Deadpool or after though? It Deadpool 1. It was in the middle. Mm -hmm. Huh. Okay. Regardless, Deadpool was pretty... Uh, it's, it's a funny movie. I got a lot of good jokes. Uh, a lot of cracks out of it. Yeah, but... Deadpool to me is, is like the Marvel Universe, so like I'm not going to miss it, mm -hmm. but I'm just not as excited every time another one comes out. Yeah. It's in that universe, so I'm going to watch it. Yeah, If you, if you want to go watch it in theaters, buy the normal ticket, don't go all Blu-ray and stuff, it's really not worth it. Damn. Yeah. It's, but it's, then again, who buys Blu-rays anymore? Not Blu-ray, but like, don't go see it in um, what, IMAX. That's what I meant. IMAX. I, just, I think the last Blu-ray that I bought was, was Coco. Before so. that, it was La La Land. Last one I bought was Rogue One. I need to buy Rogue One mm -hmm. and Last Jedi. Yeah, I'll, I'll get Last yeah. Jedi soon. I just I, I ordered them from Disney so I could get the posters, yeah. but because of all the hate on Last Jedi, I literally just avoided that subject at all costs. I'm I'm hoping Solo will just be a distraction from the Last Jedi. We should do a, a podcast trip to go see Solo together. I'm down. I'm down. We can re we can all see it together and review it next episode. I'm fine. I I the. My issues with Star Wars are more about the universe that it's in with the fans right now than it is about the Star Wars universe, which is my biggest concern. How do you feel about Obi-Wan Kenobi? I hate it. Oh, dude. I'm so angry that they're making that movie. There's so many better stories to tell, and they're so clearly just going for the money grabs right now. It's offensive. Did you hear about the Lando, Lando movie? They're making a solo Lando movie, too. Yeah. No way. So, from Donald Glover, yeah. And it annoys me to no end, dude, because it's such a cash grab. Yeah. And I love the Star Wars universe, and I'm going to pay for each one of these stupid-ass movies, but you're you're <laughs> limiting the universe every time you do something like this. Yeah. It's, it's so frustrating, because there's so many stories you can tell, and I'm not even talking about video games and books. It's literally a galaxy far, far away a long time ago, 
you don't have to stay within the same 40 year time period mm -hmm. and make every single character's side story. Like, I just don't care to see those movies. I don't know who does. That's another problem. Nobody that I know is excited about Han Solo movies. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm Nobody. probably the most excited, and I'm a little slow on it. You know what I mean? So, I just am so frustrated with the choices that they're making. I didn't mind Rogue One because it was the first one, mm -hmm. and it kind of fit into that universe. Solo's for sure. And it tied tie in a couple things from from the originals, which yeah, which was good. Yeah, uh, I thought they were a little over top with it, honestly. Like seeing the guys from the bar on on uh, Coruscant. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't need to see those guys. I just felt like they were shoving it in for all the fans that are paying attention. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just hate when it feels like a cast grab the way that it does right now. That's what that's what Disney's doing though. I know. That's, that's the that's the problem that Marvel and the Star Wars is having. Yeah. And the, and the fucked up part is I'm going to see Solo probably twice in theaters. Why? I've seen all of the, the, the Star Wars movies twice. I, I saw Force Awakens and Rogue One uh, three times. Okay. The only one I didn't see multiple times, I mean, the only one I didn't see, I didn't see The Last Jedi more is because nobody wanted to talk about it. It was such a hostile time to watch Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I knew two people who really liked it as much as I do, and that's it. Everybody else is just such a hater. Not such, but like the, the people who call themselves big Star Wars fans are such. Yeah, fans. no, I, I, I can't, I can't say I really enjoyed the movie. I, I like the movie. Um, I just mm -hmm. they they wasted a lot of time. Yeah, it it wasn't for everybody, and that's I think the biggest flaw. I think they expanded the universe in a lot of good ways, and they they gave themselves opportunities to move forward. Mm -hmm. And then on the same exact hand, they make a solo movie and an Obi-Wan movie and a Donald Glover movie, which keeps them in the same universe. Mm -hmm. I want to see the change in Star Wars. The stories that have been told have already been told. We don't need to keep rehashing them. I agree. I can't wait for the Chewbacca solo movie. It's going to be awesome. Don't tell me that's been confirmed. No, that's how it's just Oh. Joking. He actually has a good story, too. Chewbacca's storyline, upbringing, and all that stuff's really cool, but nothing I want to see a movie out of. He's a great third character. I'm excited for the Chewbacca. He's Groot. C-3PO. He is definitely Groot. Fuck. I never noticed that. Alright. Oh, that's, that's it. That's it for today's episode. Good, because you cut it when the pilot pedal was here. And that really bothered me on the last episode. I what? kept talking the over paletero? it. The paletero? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to talk over him. Let's, uh, let's build that wall, man. Get him out of here. Damn, and we're still recording. Wow. <laughs> By the way, that wasn't the white guy. Yeah. Hopefully it only takes me six tries. That was this week's show. Thank you so much for listening. Give us a rating on iTunes. It will really help us get discovered. If you like the show, tell your movie-loving friends. If you don't like the show, keep that shit to yourself. I'm Rich. And I'm Francisco. Thanks for listening.